This is MC Fireside Chats, a weekly show devoted to the outdoor hospitality industry, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. You'll hear from special guests that focus on topics to help your business succeed, all backed by Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MC Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks and Modern Campground here, as always, with Kara Sismadia from the Canadian Camping and RV Council and Mr. Daryl Buza, my editor-in-chief <laughs> at Modern Campground. We're really excited to bring you another episode today. Uh, yes. Amazing background behind me that I did try really hard for this week. I apologize. Same. I wear a t-shirt because I'm literally going to leave and go on vacation right after this to Jasper National Park. I'm excited about that. But we're really excited today to be talking about outdoorsy we've got jennifer young who is the co-founder and chief marketing officer and probably 27 other things that aren't in her bio <laughs> outdoorsy and we're going to just do a deep dive into here and talk about how this ties into the campground the rv park industry some of her vision where outdoorsy came from all that kind of stuff and so kara where do we want to start i, I think we should have miss young introduce herself right is it miss or missus yeah, yeah, I was going to say an intro from Jen would be amazing. I am. First of all, thanks, guys, uh, for having me here. Really appreciate it. Kara, happy to see you again virtually is the way it goes of late. Uh, my name is Jennifer Young, and yes, I am one of the co-founders of Outdoorsy, and I am officially a missus. I am married to Jeff Cavins, and, and thank you for having us. We started Outdoorsy back in 2014 because we really wanted to live a life that was not trapped underneath fluorescent lights in office buildings and city centers. We both connected to and knew about the healing powers and benefits of time spent outdoors, like a simple little day trip to do a little wee hike, all the way to a full like week long, two week long road trip across the country. It didn't matter how long or short the, the duration was. We always came back feeling more connected to ourselves, more connected to one another. Our clarity of thought was improved and we felt healthier and stronger. So that was our goal and our mission. And when we started figuring out how do we wrap a business around that, we moved into launching outdoors because it was the best way to get more people also able to access the outdoors. And how we do that it is basically bringing the 18 million recreational vehicles, camper vans, SUV trucks with rooftop tents all online. So now outdoorsy.com, you can rent any of we're in 4,800 cities and wow. it's as easy. It's as easy as a cash from an ATM machine. Just go online, search and find the vehicle in your neighborhood and hit off for the day, whether it's like lunch outside in a park or a boat trip. Cool. Wow. Yeah. I love it. So I'm interested in kind of the fundamental process, maybe from a consumer side about how that works. So I can log on to your website and pick the and my location and then select from available units. Is that correct? And we, you could share your screen too, Claire, if you want. Yeah, it's, it really is that easy. Now for us consumers, we have two main consumers. We have people that own RVs and, and find themselves only using them maybe two weekends of the year after the third year they've had this RV in their driveway. And Outdoorsy is a great way for them to list their RV, just as simple as going outdoorsy.com, clicking on list your RV, four steps. We take you through the process, which essentially is write a description, upload photos, qualify for insurance. It's one of our key differentiators at the company level is we also have a full suite of insurance products for RV owners. And then you publish your listing and you'll start getting bookings within a week. You might make $2,000 or $3,000 in your first couple of weeks listing. On the renter side, which is our other consumer, yeah, it's as easy as that, Perry. You basically just go shopping online. And not only do we help you find vehicles that are in your price point or have the right number of beds or seat belts for your kids or are pet friendly, but you can also find owners that will throw in a ton of add-ons for you. So if you want to do 
fishing or paddle boarding or a hiking trip or just like a food trip, you can find owners that will throw in all that stuff and include it as part of the rental. So you don't have to worry about how do I pack for this trip? What do I bring? Do I really want to buy this equipment and gear and then I have to store it in the, the locker? It's like a, a, a road trip in one or road trip in a box. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I, I haven't, I can't get my screen shared to, to work here, Brian. So well, I apologize for that, but I am scrolling through here. So they are, are the majority of your rentals drivable? Are they, are, or are we, is there the ability to rent a fifth wheel and have it dropped off? And yeah, some of the most surprising things about our business are definitely the ease and the volume of having RVs delivered and where you can right. get them delivered. But 60% of all of the owners on the platform offer deliver, deliverability as an option. So basically they'll take the RV, whether it's a fifth wheel or a teardrop, or even sometimes people who want like a drivable class B's delivered as well, because they might want you to drop it off at a local park near a lake because great spot, how to get in, how to set it up, and they're trying to maximize their vacation time. Right. And so they start off their trip by having it delivered, but then they might want to carry on from that state park or that location and go road trip for a couple of days. So they want a drivable delivered. So all types of different vehicles are delivered. 60% of all of our owners offer delivery and it's a huge benefit. Carrying on from that, this is, I don't know if anybody, I don't know, Karen, if you love this sort of idea, but I do. I'm really big into convenience because we don't have a lot of time and I really like to maximize my vacation. And so I'm into get it delivered and then also throw in all the convenience fees that we also offer. So if you don't want to have to deal with any of the setup, the teardown, or even any of the dumping of the tanks or the cleaning of the RV, no worries. You literally can have, you can just throw those in. Now owners will charge you a little bit to do that because it's work for them, but great. That means you're literally, it's like getting a hotel, a five-star hotel of doors. You just like walk up to your hotel room, which is the vehicle stay there for the weekend or the week. And then the owners come and take care of everything. Cleaning, dumping, relocation. It's really such an awesome form of travel these days, particularly because it's outdoors. So if you're ever looking for safe travel, social distancing and being six foot away is almost built in to the experience. You're likely to be six feet away from a tree versus six feet away from a person. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I love the ease and convenience, the accessibility stuff. I know as a former campground owner, there's lots of folks who have tons of desire to get out and experience it and maybe not the, well, number one, access to the equipment, but then also the know-how to be able to deal with all the things that come along with, with our being. This really provides a, an incredible level of accessibility, which then just translates to more demographics and more portions of the market getting out into campgrounds and experiencing the lifestyle, which, you know, certainly has obvious and palpable kind of ripple effect across the board for operators all over the place. I mean, you said, yeah, please. Sorry. I was, I was just going to carry on from something. You said something really interesting, right? When you're talking about the know-how, like what's required. That is the number, actually there's two big, there's two big obstacles that we hear all the time from people. One is, do I need a special driver's license to drive these things? And the second is, oh, I don't know enough about RVing. Like even when we talk at the industry level, we talk a lot about the lifestyle, right? Which just gives this implication that you have to know and understand how to RV. And what we like to do is like bust through those myths. You don't need to know anything. The biggest obstacle you've got, honestly, is just like, just say, we're doing it and we'll figure it out as we're going along. The driving or sorry, the delivery service is certainly one of the easiest ways that we recommend for people that have no know-how, right? 90% of the customers at capetapdoorsy.com this summer through COVID were first-time users, had never tried an RV. And we said, look, it's really simple and straightforward. We'll give you all of the tips to do. One of them is get it delivered like to the dear nearest local park and then maybe take it out and take your last day driving around to familiarize yourself if you want, but just start small. But the biggest takeaway for me that or the biggest message that I like to get out there is 
You don't need a special driver's license. You don't need the know-how. You don't have to be part of the lifestyle. You will just feel like the benefits oozing through your soul and your, your no relationships, the people that you're with. If you just get out there and get into a park and wake up in the morning with a, a cup of coffee and like appreciating the surroundings of nature. Yeah, I really think there's this kind of magical stuff that happens when you're camping that until you don't know about it. So it's she makes it sound really good. It's right. almost like she does marketing for almost. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like I said, as somebody who ran a campground prior, it's there's there was always this. I was doing that kind of pre-peer-to-peer market days, but always this kind of desire or need to expand your potential customer base. And so this is such a fabulous way to do it. I love the ingenuity behind it. I think from an operator standpoint and obviously a consumer standpoint, it really addresses a, a big need in the market. And there's obvious appetite for it based on how incredibly successful you guys been. I guess I, I do want to touch on some concerns uh, that operators sometimes come to me with specific to it around things like insurance and liability and how these kind of third-party rental agreements work. Are they expecting payment from the renter or their RV owner? How, how do those fundamental kind of safety or liability things factor in here for outdoorsy? Yeah, good question. Look, one of the things that we, that Jeff and I um, realized very early on. So when I say very early on, like literally in 2014, when we had this idea, where let's spend the second half of our career working in the outdoors. Let's yeah. live our best life. And, and so we got to the business of living in the outdoors. We actually, we sold our houses. We moved out of the houses into a 27 foot Eddie Bauer Airstream. We bought a Denali truck. And we're like, let's go find out what products are needed, what products and what services are needed. And is there even a market here? Would people rent out their vehicles? Would other people, is there enough demand for it? And when we spent that first year on the road and we canvassed RV private parks, state parks, national parks, we met with owners, we talked to anybody, international travelers, Americans, like anybody that would talk to us. And the first thing and the most consistent problem or obstacle that came up was insurance and liability. And at first it started off around that rental. Oh, how does this work? This is a whole land of car in one. It's like worth $60,000 or $100,000. I'm just going to let somebody drive off with it. What happens or the insurance around the collision or the interior damage, the unit itself? What about liability for me as the owner and me as the renter? Like there are so many layers to how we would tackle insurance that we decided very early on in back in 2014, that core to the business strategy would be building insurance products. So we were going to be at the mercy of a variety of different insurance companies and what products they felt were available to renters or owners or car owners. But instead we wanted to build our own set of uh, products that we could customize. So for example, like a lot of owners that rent out on outdoorsy.com are professional rental companies, and they have challenges in insurance by when their vehicles are not being rented, which is our first generation of insurance products was the episodic. We cover the vehicle, the owner, and the renter for the period of the rental, right? The episodic insurance. But for these um, owners that had multiple vehicles and they were sitting on lots, they didn't have coverage for liability for off time commercial use. So we built exclusions that are, we tackled the exclusions in the policy so that we could offer that coverage for these business owners. And we've continued on that path for building a greater suite of insurance products that are now looking at some of these new use cases around like campground owners. But right now, the coverage that we provide, Kara, is covers the liability and the collision on both the owner and the renter side, whether it's in the campground or it's during the, during the use on the road. Awesome. I, again, the ingenuity stuff, you know, just finding and creating solutions to her is incredibly valuable. And I think a fundamental reason why outdoors is so successful, it's been I think from, I, I do think that it, the perception shifting, but I, I do think it's been interesting for operators to start walking this road and feel, feel confidence with it. 
but there's definitely so many obvious benefits. I'm interested. I, I think you mentioned some corporate partnerships with KOAs and, and things like that. How do those specifically work? If you're allowed to share that if it, proprietary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. KOA has been a partner of Outdoorsy since the, the early days, a little bit later than the first year business, but was one of those marquee brands that we identified going back to just spending all that time on the road. We're like, good. There is so much coverage from a KOA campground perspective that you could always feel safe, like wherever you are, whatever state you're traveling in, whether you're in more of an urban center or full, full rural, like you're likely to find one of those awesome yellow and red signs along the highways and roads. I remember growing up in Canada, we had, was it the neighborhood friendly signs? You might remember this car, the little sign that was in the, the neighborhood watch program that was in all of the uh, households. And for me, KOA at a campground level is like that. Yeah. Just like that. What? Yeah. Block fair. Thank you. That's what we're doing. So, um, we, we partnered up with KOA and we worked with them pretty consistently in terms of how do we not just co-market and share information and benefits around discounted, uh, campground rates or like when to book early and soon because bookings are um, filling up for high seasons, but we also, uh, work with each other on sharing insights on how can we do check-in and check-out more appropriately or more effectively. I'd say that's probably one of the biggest areas that we want to tackle looking at next year is how do we integrate more systems from our outdoorsy community, either our RV owners or the renter itself, as they're coming in and out of the campgrounds, checking in and checking out. So that both parties are really clear on who the owner is of the vehicle. Going back to the, the points we were making around a lot of our customers are first time rental customers or first time um, users of the product. It just can, it will offer another added level of service that both brands can provide, which helps both the campground and us as the marketplace deliver a better, more confident solution that will make that customer want to return and ideally work our way towards being seen as easy as a check-in or check-out or travel option as checking into a hotel or even a Verbo or an Airbnb. That's, that is the long-term vision and goal for us because we do see our product being a very strong competitor to hotel and vacation rental properties, but where we are not matched or measured in, in their customer experience is in these areas of familiarity, nobody knows how to check in and out of an RV or check in and out of a campground, but everybody knows how to check in and out of your apartment because we all have had an apartment, either, yeah. you know, a whole word apartment growing up. Oh, there's a door, there's a lock. We've bought soul premises. There's maybe a key box lock. I know how to work the kitchen. And if something goes wrong, there's a fuse box station, probably near the laundry room. Like these are all things that we have known growing up or Airbnb has established for 50 years. We're only four years into this. So we are, we're the trendsetter. We're putting in the effort and we're building these processes because we really care about guest experience and hospitality. And that's how Outdoorsy sees the brand that we are developing. We're building an outdoor hospitality brand. So working with our top campground partners like KOA or Thousand Trails or ELS, which are other partners for us, is, is a priority. Awesome. I completely agree. That was actually one of my questions on my list was like, oh, what are your hurdles for the future? Where do you want to go? I think there's so much appetite for things like automation and streamlining the booking and, and check-in processes and stuff like that from both the consumer and the, and the campground operations side. I think those are great uh, strategic goals to have. I are new. This is just, I'm just life evolving this a little bit right now, but are you in partnership or considering partnership with existing booking engine for like spot tonight and or camp spot folks like that, that are doing online reservations really successfully? You mean that are doing online campground reservations? Yes. Right. Yeah. Great question. We do have a lot of advertising partnerships and agreements with campground booking sites. But in terms of like full API integrations with those sites, that's um, not currently on the roadmap for us. One of the things that we talk a lot about in our company is we don't want to lose sight on the core objective 
which is our mission at the company level is how do we make memorable outdoor experiences accessible to everyone? So job number one is making sure that we do a rock solid work around making outdoorsy aware to anyone, whether it's a novice or an experienced outdoor traveler, making them aware of like how MarketPlace works. Search and find a book, something that's easy. Get a delivery if you don't feel comfortable driving. Um, understand simple road trips so that you use the product more than one time. And if we can introduce them into the marketplace and funnel them through a really solid experience on how they can pick up and use and return a camper van, an RV, a truck camper, then that will drive the repeat business that we're looking for. We want to make sure that we don't miss on the objective of matching a renter with an owner. Like that is job number one. And then right. moving into how do we work through the whole uh, campground booking life cycle and whether that's through API integrations and whether that's tighter promotions or programs or bringing them into the marketplace in our booking engine in stuff that we're working. And, and I understand like, st you absolutely have to stick with your core mission as you're saying, but I feel like there's steps that like are down the road, maybe they're a couple years or longer, but I feel like there's an opportunity here to work more closely with campgrounds to take that next step. And because yeah, she ran a great RV from outdoors. You have good communication with the owners. Everything's clean. Everything's great. You enjoy your RV, but what about enjoying the campground or place you're parked at? Because that inherently is going to have an impact on your perception of the whole experience, right? Yeah, that's such a good point you're making, Brian. We're all in bed together, right? Like the customer, the consumer doesn't pull apart individual days or experience moments it, it, from their, the totality of their vacation. No. Their vacation is either one day, two days, or seven days. And that includes the pickup, the return, where they stayed, and probably also where they went and what they did too. It's like, because they're, they're, they're measuring this travel option and vacation with other possible travel options, right? No, I can go to a city, I can stay in a hotel and I can do these five things. And there's a concierge desk. The concierge desk and hotel will tell me where to go and it's either straightforward. It just goes back to the point on why partnerships for outdoorsy are so critical because we were, we're not able to solve all of these things in one quarter or one year, particularly now where we have so many new challenges that we're all faced with COVID. We have to adhere to more stringent education and cleaning services and facilities. We've had to work out to do contact keywords exchange for both the actual rental and also in some instances with key brands have to do that. We have to make sure that we are providing timely information around whether or not the campgrounds have their services available. Is the pool open? Is the hot tub open? Is laundry facilities open? And making sure that information is part of the, the check-in or check-out process. So these are incremental roadmap initiatives that we are committed to uh, working with our campground partners on and probably one of the things I hope that most campground partners would say about Outdoorsy as a company is we came into this industry unlike an Uber, right? Who quite famously describes themselves as disrupting the category and yeah. wanting to replace the existing incumbents and the existing product. We never wanted to do that and we didn't approach the industry that way. We came in and we we're like, KOA, RBIA, Thousand Trails, please come work with us. Like, yes, we're like a new solution. Um, we're new kids on the block here, but we want to partner with you guys and pull that 50 plus years experience and how to do this well into some new channels um, that we're realizing through digital apps or site experiences that we can provide. So I, we're here for the long haul. I think we've got really strong partnerships with those campground partners that I mentioned. And these are the things that the marketing, the product, and the customer service teams work on week in, month over month, year over year. Well, I think you and I know that's the best way to proceed for business, right? Is step by step, do one thing, do it well, then move on to the next thing and do it well. And it's really hard, at least in my brain, from an entrepreneur standpoint, because I just want to do it all at the same time right now. And but you're, what you're saying, that process is great. And I think there's just so many paths that Outdoorsy can go as they walk years and years ahead that it's going to be interesting. If it's cool with you guys, I might, I would love to maybe throw a, a question of your way or a topic to discuss. So one of the things that we, we have a ton of respect for how difficult it is to plan and to execute 
in our worlds, right? Because we're talking about physical infrastructure and digital experiences. But when I think about campgrounds and innovation over the next, the next couple of years, I would love to, I'd love to ask, what are some of the new product or service offerings that you guys are seeing? I'll throw one out there to get the conversation started. It's a crossover product for us. One of the areas that we want to work on is how do we, going back to the hotel concept, right? How do we work with campground owners and take a look at their utilization or their inventory and say, okay, if you have sites that are either not booked or can, or, you know, or are booked infrequently enough that we can offer a product where we say to all of our owners, look, if you're, if you don't really want to manage all the, the key exchanges, you don't want to go through um, the process of like multiple customers over time that you have to meet with and do an orientation and explain that how do we work directly with campgrounds to say, look, we've got these owners that want to basically stick their product in your lot from the whole season, not for themselves to use, which I know is the product that campgrounds have today, but it's truly for rental. So then the campground has got guaranteed revenue, it's guaranteed booking. So they can choose also how they want to balance out like work either longer, not even, it's not even a longer term stay. It's like an ongoing rental stay, but like the unit is there. It's like getting cabins for free. And then right. like, what impact does that have on how you then think about what you need for staffing and how much free time you might have to work on new business initiatives while you're still getting the utilization from your investments during your summer months. So I feel like I'm in the twilight zone because this is on my list too. I was going to ask if you had any examples where parks are doing this yet. I know for me as an operator, I think if I'm sitting at 85% occupancy for long periods of time and maybe only have 100% for three weeks out of the summer or something, I'm going to want to diversify those things without necessarily investing the capital to purchase rentals myself. So this is where I can see this being an incredible partnership between Outdoorsy and then that facilitation with individuals who own or own the equipment. So I, I find it funny that you've asked that, but yeah, I 100% think there is incredible opportunity there. We've got the operators have the land and the, and the connections and the fifth camp and the sewer and all those things. And you guys have the equipment. I think these partnerships are incredibly smart. I think there's definite appetite for a product like that, for sure. Yeah. From my perspective, go ahead, please, Jennifer. No, no, I'm more interested to, to learn. So I think from my perspective, and again, I've got some ideas that maybe Kara can refute as a former park owner. I've never owned a campground. It may or may not work. But I think that we've already talked about the insurance thing so that if we can communicate that to owners better, then that's going to resolve a lot of the concerns. Right. Two, I think what Kara said is correct, that people are willing to put these things in lieu of spending thirty dollars to $80,000 on a cabin or whatever else. But how do I then, as an owner, right, speaking, how do I manage the quality? How do I make sure that some parks have a 10-year rule, right? They want the rigs to look to well and nice. And how do I control what's parked on my campground and when? And then... Is it worth my while? Because you, you've got tenants coming in. How do I, how do I control those tenants? How do I make sure they're not the 16 to 22 year old party people who are going to drink and make noise all night and irritate my other campground owners? So there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. What's my profit share? Is it worth my time? What am I making from it? Those kinds of things. Maybe Kara can. can well, I, th I think there's lots of ways to Spangle. address that stuff in the product packaging. There is definitely yeah. how, like we're, let's talk about it, right? I was about to, I think there's obviously the ability to, in my opinion, as an operator, I would expect in that type of scenario that included in the agreement is I'm going to obviously get to need to access the unit, make sure it's clean, offer any sort of add-on stuff. And obviously, so the pricing model needs to compensate me for those, that resource expenditure. Um, and of course I need to make money off of my site. Otherwise, why am I doing this? But then there's also ways to potentially vet who's coming through. I think if the agreement is mutually beneficial for everyone, I get that those are concerns, but I don't imagine anybody who's willing to take something like that on is going to be unreasonable about writing up an agreement that's, you know, satisfactory to all the parties and potentially also addresses things from the, the RV equipment owner side where now 
you don't have to worry about that insurance policy covering your RV when it's sitting in storage because it's in utilization all the time or at least through the operating seasons, depending where you're located. There's definitely business benefits that come with having higher occupancy all the time. Your turnover rates potentially are less. You don't have units moving in and out as often. That stuff is really taxing both on the staff front and the infrastructure front, people pulling, backing in and out, and the, the marriage breakup stuff that's really tough in, in campground can also sometimes result in infrastructure damage and wear and tear on, on your property that this less movement really restricts. But there's pros and cons on both sides. I think the fundamental is just going to require being really thoughtful about ensuring that all of the pertinent parties benefit from the agreement. It's a great way to work together, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think all, sorry, I was waiting for you to start, Jennifer, and we're on a lag. I was, I, was gonna... <laughs> I was going to, I was going to riff on that a little bit. One of the things that I'm seeing is there are a lot of like new entrants in the, I don't know, the glamping, or I don't know if that's technically campground space, but the glamping space. There's a lot of new entrants that um, are innovating, maybe a little bit faster. And potentially this is a, a way that some of the more traditional private RV rental companies could learn from or lean from in terms of how that's working. I'll, I'll give one example. Amthorizzi invested and partnered with a company called Collective Retreats, and they are a traditional glamping business. What we're doing in that integration or that partnership is you can directly book a glamping stay at one of their properties um, through Outdoorsy's site. But also we're going to innovate that product to make the glamping, which is like a tent and an outdoor deck, make that glamping station also equip a drivable. So a drive up unit can stay on the premise. And so that is, that's definitely one of the lead products that we have in terms of booking a vehicle in a campground that can have units there for the entire summer. So it can operate like a hotel room or in that vehicle could be moved and you can easily put uh, customers staying. It's just like popping in on the way onto another trip. And you're able to like book those trips on outdoorsy.com. And Collective Retreats as a company is already thinking about how do they build that into the widgets on their website and landing pages. That's the kind of work that we want to be able to do with campgrounds all across the U.S. and Canada. I think BC Tourism is, is a site that we're currently integrated to do as well for booking stays, but we certainly haven't made significant we're not available on all private parks all across the U.S. yet. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's still so fragmented, specifically that the kind of online presence of this industry and how booking things work it makes it difficult to offer solutions across the table. I'm hopeful and confident that we'll start to see better partnership stuff on that front into the future, but I, I really love that. I love that I've used this word multiple times, but the ingenuity behind just really maximizing the space and the tools each individual party brings to this table in a really mutually collaborative and beneficial way. It just does so many positive things, not just for our businesses, but then also for our consumers. Cause then I think I have a girlfriend who used to just run into our knees here to here throughout Dorsey and, and that was how she kept and they loved it so much. They bought an RV and I'm pretty sure now she rents her RV out on Outdoorsy. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like life cycle thing. That's really interesting too, right? Not only do, you, do we have access to this new fa this family that never camped before, who's now RVing because they were given access to the lifestyle. But they've also transitioned into making some side extra income while their RV sit around and getting more folks. It's this exponential, cool dynamic that I certainly think has contributed to the crazy market growth we've seen over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's a fortuitous cycle. And we see it a lot ourselves, Cara, in our business and in all of our community meetups. We work, our teams were in Southern Cal. 
for, I think over the last three weeks, I think we did three or four owner meetups. Part of Outdoorsy's commitment to building our brand is to really, as I said, is to not just work with partners, but to really work with our community. So we're out there face-to-face hosting meetups where we bring owners in that area, in that region, where they can network and meet other owners and our product leadership and our community team leadership leads these sessions as ways to understand what are the biggest problems that we have to fix in the product, whether it's the website or the app experience, or what are new product innovations and ideas. And one of the things that came up a lot, particularly in Southern California, when I say a lot, more so this year than what we saw before COVID, is brand new people coming to them that really had just rented on the website and started thinking, wait a minute, if my travel options are becoming either not within my comfort zone, meaning airplane and hotel, don't really want to be in a hotel with hundreds of people or an airplane. If my travel options are becoming limited, I'm starting to think about spending more time outdoors in a quality way, whether it's a short trip, a day trip, or a week-long trip. And so now they've rented once and they're thinking, maybe I'll buy a vehicle myself so that I can use it when I want to, not pay for that, and then figure out how I could do a couple of rentals, even if I don't want to commit to try to scale a little small business. And so they're trying to figure out how to at least monetize the unit they bought. I don't have the exact shipment numbers, but I think it was like it was double digit shipment growth. And so what we know is going to happen is that those owners buying a, a recreational vehicle is probably the second most expensive purchase that they'll make within their household or their lives, second to mortgage. And their loan payments are probably around $600 a month. And when that starts to set in and they realize that life is still as demanding as it always was, you don't have a lot of time to use these things and to go out that by year three or two or three, they'll realize, wait a minute, I thought that I was going to use this like every weekend and actually I'm not. So that realization is setting in and outdoorsy is just a perfect solution, right? It goes back to like, we have, we serve two main customers, the owner and the renter, but now there is this like consumer that is starting to dabble in with a little bit both. And I think a lot of that has been brought on for sure by how the landscape of our travel choice is just changing so rapidly. And also how the world is just going back to a simpler life. I think that right. one of the macro themes in the world yeah. today that people are realizing there's a lot of chaos and where we can realize more calm or happiness in our world is going back to simple things in life and things like family togetherness, basic meals, fewer items, and obviously what outdoorsy and what parks and campgrounds provide in the doorway to those options. Absolutely agree. I, yeah, I think there's so much potential for obviously like i mentioned already there's been huge impact on the market already but i think there's a ton of potential for the kind of fundamental models that jersey works on to really the impact for industry and and like you said hook trips and take them and how long we're gone for and all of those things there's a huge shift and i love to see it well, so let's talk about this from an entrepreneur perspective, right? For a second, going back to your question about how do you get together with campgrounds? Kara's right. They're, they're fragmented. Everybody's got a different online reservation system. Right. Everybody's going to have different preferences of who they want and who they do. So I think from a scalability perspective, and this is just my opinion, of course, you can shoot me down if I'm wrong, but I would say that you, your quick path to tying that all together from an outdoorsy standpoint is to elevate and continue those deeper partnerships with the KOAs with the thousand trails, with the people who are large software providers. So I'm just going to pick on CampSpot because we have Casey's a regular guest on the show, right. right? But to be able to, to, to integrate those with APIs into your booking system to where maybe if you, if I'm a KOA owner, I'm going to go into eCamp and I'm going to say, I'm going to tick a box that says, yes, I want my whatever rentals pushed to outdoorsy or I want my campground pushed to outdoorsy. And then 
that unlocks a whole series of preferences that says, okay, what do you want from outdoorsy? Well, only guess between these ages. I want them to have this insurance. I want them to know that my quiet time is this period or whatever. Uh, and then that pushes to outdoorsy. And then from a consumer standpoint, when they're reserving, they're looking at reserving a vehicle in Phoenix, Arizona, right? And it's just going to spit out. Here's a list of campgrounds in Phoenix, Arizona that are participating from outdoorsy. And these are KOA and these are camp spot and these are a thousand trails and whatever. And then you can filter that by what it automatically maybe filters it based on the age range of the camper who's trying to register. And that's your quick way to scale. And you, it's convenience. You know that, Jennifer. If you can make something more convenient for somebody, they'll do it all day, every day. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And one of the one of the big initiatives in driving ease of use and convenience is being relevant to be excellent on mobile. And Outdoorsy is leading the way in terms of mobile app and our mobile experience is is perfect, not just for the before trip or the booking of the vehicle, but also on trip. So as you guys know, like many things can go wrong on a on an RV trip. And I always like to talk about embracing that. I don't like to be the brand that that tries to come across as picture perfect, whether it's in our social or whether it is the way that our customers service agents talk to our customers or even the way that we think about our business. The part of the beauty of this product and the, the experience, the travel experience, is there's mishaps along the way and problems. And yes, the family, the couple or the person complains about it. And, oh, you're just, your patients are going through the roof and you're annoyed and it's a typical thing. But more times than not, it ends up being the story that gets told around the right. table or the dining room table for 20 years. <laughs> and it's I, like... Seriously, if we don't have our memories and our stories from our family, some of the best moments, what do we have? Sorry, my little Siri, I guess, thought I was talking to her. I hope you guys can still hear me. But the way back to ease and convenience, that is, that, that's why we tackle being, that's why we tackle staying ahead and making sure that we have 24-7 customer service agents. It's why we have an in-house claims department. I think I talked a little bit about that before. We, we don't just outsource our insurance or claims management or even the build of the products to other third-party insurance companies. We right. build those products ourselves and we make sure that right. we have agents that respond and maintain and resolve issues on both the owner and the renter side or customer service and being available through all of the life cycle of the journey. The free booking, the booking, the key exchange, the post-trip is the the customer life cycle and the needs of the customer that we spend most of our time working on. I just need convenience on steroids here. So here's <laughs> what I need. I need like a fleet of corporate owned outdoorsy premium. Like they're the best RVs you can get. I need to go to outdoorsy. I need to choose my campground, choose my rental. And then I need to have it self-drive itself to my <laughs> driveway and pick me up. And then if there are any mishaps or any problems along the way, if there's a maintenance issue or whatever, automatically like Rosie from the Jetsons comes out of a little pod inside the RV and just fixes everything magically for me and then goes away. And I don't have to worry about it. So how, I don't know how close that is on the roadmap. Maybe you're out. But. <laughs> yeah. I think let's see how I can put you guys back up again. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, good. She missed that. That was the least important part of the whole it show. Was, yeah. What a waste of time. No, <laughs> I do think we're going to have interesting technologically advanced ways to, to impact this industry going forward. So as much as I hope fun at you, Brian, you're not wrong. I think we're going to see that stuff continue to shift. I do really, maybe my dreams are more, are a little more grounded than words, but I can foresee as somebody who used to operate a campground. A, a fundamental kind of easy simplistic business model where you just allow outdoorsy or a peer-to-peer -peer provider like this to really handle most of the logistical stuff for you and you just have the sites there and there's ways to partner up that could translate into a really interesting business model. That's the thing. Like we're talking, like the maintenance thing, obviously is sky high, right? Love it. But seriously, when you're talking about self-driving vehicles that are coming, like these things are oh, like, yeah. that's seamless, right? If it can, if I can specify, here's the five guests and friends and family members I want to go with me. Here's the addresses they live at. Click a button on outdoorsy, pay an extra fee. It, it picks me up, then goes to my friends, then drives to the campground, then whatever sets everything up, then I'm just, I'm having an experience and I can go camping and it's convenient and it's, that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not 
not next year from outdoors, but maybe three years from now. You know what? I and thanks guys for sticking with me there. I lost oh, my hearing. Tried to uh, get in on our our live stream oh, conversation here. She can be a little annoying at times. That the AI, it's like Brian was talking about, <laughs> right? But um, I'm not. I you guys uh, might have to catch me up on some of the. If there was a question there, I didn't answer, but I, I wanted to go back to this like full through the line experience that we are all aiming to achieve and talk about timelines for that. Because I, I know that we are diligently working on our priorities around how do we make a search and find and book plus any mishaps that go along with the booking, all online, all real time, all the same on desktop and mobile. We have some really solid API integrations in place today, but those are, so for example, with rec.gov or tourism BC or vacation renter. So we've got a lot of those sites, but today that just allows all of our inventory to be available on those sites. So if people are surfacing or looking or searching or looking for campgrounds on rec.gov, for example, like state parks, you'll be able to see what's available inventory, whether it's trailers for hunting or fishing or class B's or fifth wheels for delivery are available like within a 50 or 100 mile radius of where you're looking. Like that's a great user experience. That's really good for our business and for the industry, right? Because most people usually start with where, what do I want to do and where am I going? So that is a very valuable API integration for us. And then on the campground booking side, working with campground partners, it is on our roadmap for next year. And I wonder if we all want to, uh, it feels like Brian might have led the pack here in forecasting what year this will be available for everybody. You missed, you missed what I really said. And that was the <laughs> a fleet of corporate owned outdoorsy premium vehicles that have like self-driving capabilities and could pick people over at their house and everything. Wait, so I promise that, I only promise that next year for you. So you have some. Let, let's get Elon Musk on this, in this conversation next time, because I, I would expect that he is working on self-driving cars. Although saying that, let's just, let's not divert him from the more important task. And that is bringing these satellite Wi-Fi stations down below because Wi-Fi is a core requirement for a whole new wave of consumers for us. And right now, I think a lot of the campgrounds work off of 5G networks maybe, but there's some improvements we need to make Wi-Fi and just like when you unlock when you unlock the real power of Starlink in a year or two, yeah, that would be game changing. It is. It's the current day challenge, right? The current day challenge is campgrounds are the supply constraint, and depending on how you look at campgrounds, some consumers are saying it's not even just the inventory. What's available, not available, and that national and state parks are getting booked out earlier. But actually, it's what kind of inventory do I want? I want to be able to stay in a great campground with a certain expectation for connectivity or Wi-Fi or internet accessibility, plus then some of the amenities like that, that's the piece of the puzzle that we all want to be with. Yeah. But we really should have Elon Musk on the show. <laughs> Can you make that yeah, happen? Can I yeah. it exactly? Now that I'm thinking yeah. about Elon Musk, I feel like Outdoorsy could build a fleet of like rocket controlled, like convertible transformer RVs that can go to Mars and deploy a camper and you can camp on Mars for the weekend and come back. <laughs> I feel like you and Elon could work together on that. We're working That's on two years probably. Yeah, no pressure, Jennifer. No pressure on your roadmap. I think it's it's tough to... Listen, I, I know that's crazy, but like that will happen in 20 or 30 years. To be clear, you will be able to go camping on Mars. Oh, gosh, I hope I'm in the ground before. <laughs> I don't want to go to Mars. Anyway, I think it's back to your question, Jennifer, specifically about like, timelines for that stuff i i i do think it's coming i think we have some work to do on that partnership kind of integrations front that break down some maybe proprietary barriers and, and things like that and do that stuff in better ways to facilitate that but i'm excited to see where it goes there's obvious kind of need for it in the market and and i think those that embrace that and build it and do the work to get it off the ground and going will be the the victors here those that kind of lag behind might end up struggling without it down the road so i'm excited i'm hopeful in the next oh i hate to say five years that feels like a long time but 
That's my guess. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work that we have to do. Five years, it's a, com- it's a, a commitment to improving the product experience at even a faster rate than what yeah. we built today. I think we've done a, a fantastic job building outdoorsy that is underpinned by these like insurance products. We're also looking at launching financial services products that help RB owners with the cost of their loans or cash advances to be able to find second or third vehicles so that they can better manage what it costs them to maintain vehicles and offset that with the income they're earning by renting them. Like these are reasonable challenges to take on. Our company has always uh, prioritized the RV owner or the business owner first. That's why we built a wheelbase, which is software specifically catered to mid-sized rental companies where they can run their fleet of vehicles on the platform. That's why I said we looked into insurance and financial um, services products. So we have, I think, a lot of exciting products that drive a ton of financial and just enjoyment value for consumers, but it's just impossible to not also find yourself thinking about new expectations because of what the world is providing us with younger people being more interested, more people being interested in outdoor travel. And like, we had to figure out how we make these amazing experiences for them. Absolutely. But you will. And that's how, that's why you're going to survive over other people. It's, <laughs> it's people like me, people like you, there's like dozens of other people in the industry, to be clear, just the two of us on the show, Kara pushing CCRBC forward, associations, things like that. Daryl doing whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Daryl does all kinds of stuff with modern campground and the technology there. And so just that we all though, I don't know what the stat is. I read it one time, right? Jeff Bezos used to say it all the time. Like the, the average company big or whatever lasts what, 60, 70 years or something. And IBM's a dinosaur at 90 because they don't innovate. They build and then they stop for whatever reason. And so the people that keep pushing forward are going to be the successful ones. Can I, um, can I get some fast feedback from you guys? We're just, um, spend a minute talking about what are your impressions of the outdoorsy brand? What stands out, um, as important or things for us to think about? Go ahead, Kara. Oh gosh, I think. You guys are doing such an incredible job. It's tough to, I really appreciate that. You touched on things like not giving or giving off a perception that everything's perfect and hunky-dory all the time. Those things are incredibly valuable. I think all your fundamental like image imagery marketing stuff is beautiful and simple and just conveys the lifestyle. I really think the biggest kind of hurdle is that working to get the the defragment that the online kind of digital automation stuff which obviously isn't all on your shoulders it's there's lots of working cogs in that machine that are going to have to function together i think fundamentals like breaking down perceptions maybe with campground owners and things like that are really vital to expanding because you can expect then as you've demonstrated this level of integrity and trust and innovative ability to provide products that solve their problems i think campground owners are getting more and more receptive to this shift in the market so you're already addressing a lot of those issues i think continuing down that road is going to be valuable just to keep access to more and more site inventory it's got spots sitting empty sometimes let's fill them and i think it's a great way to to be able to do that so uh, I feel like that's probably my biggest between the defragmentation of the, the booking online stuff and, and the close partnerships with campgrounds, which sounds like you're already addressing. I think you guys are doing great work. Thank you for the feedback. I value you guys as, as contributors to like what we, what areas that we're doing well or what areas that we should spend more time working. Everything is a convenience aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about from the guest perspective, how you can close that loop with campgrounds, right? But it's also from a campground owner perspective, a convenience here briefly touched on. Right. It's, there's so many companies that come in and try to disrupt the industry that disappear after a year because they either try too hard or don't know what they're doing or overshoot whatever they're doing. Like it's clear outdoors is here to stay. Right. You've already you're already solidified your consumer base. And now if you can build that trust with the campground owners where they believe that the outdoorsy platform through its 
whatever we talked about from the consumer side is going to make things easier on them, on their lives, make them be able to manage less sites or clean less RVs or do whatever uh, and make more revenue from it, then that's going to slowly close that loop and it's going to make it more convenient right. for them to work with Outdoor with you too. It also expands their their customer base market. Base. You know, yep. RV owners. And, and that's a fundamental thing for campground operators to wrap their brains around is you... Your ability to now market to market. 60% of the population instead of 30 or however many people own RVs is so incredibly valuable. Right. Bottom line, I, it's here. Here's your marketing slogan. The OTA that pays you. Yeah, no, I think campgrounds are seeing this stuff. It's apparent by how successful outdoors has been that obviously there's willingness to have their rental units in in properties around the continent. I think that's only going to continue to grow. And outdoors is doing a great job demonstrating incredible reputation and, and great innovative problem-solving skills that address all this stuff. There's great opportunities here, I think, for product partnership and I'm really excited to see where it's going to go. I, and, and as we covered before, it's just guarding your reputation, right? It's, yeah, it's you're doing things the right way. We talked about briefly step-by-step, step, do one thing, then move on to the next thing. And if you continue to do that, you're going to continue to guard that reputation and you're going to continue to build it and you're not, and you're, everybody's going to trust you more. Absolutely agree. I, I, I would, I love to imagine a world truly where people just have more time spent, um, outdoors or at least are not hindered or feeling like the outdoors isn't available to them because they don't have expert level skills in the certain outdoor activity. It's just so good for family relationships, for just clarity of your own mind and thoughts. And I think it helps us help each other be nicer, be calmer, reset, focus on the fundamentals of life that make communities and society stronger. Anything that outdoorsy can do to get work people believing that it's easy and it's straightforward and we continue to improve on that experience is why we get up every day and feel better product. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. That would have been the perfect end for the show, but I have to add <laughs> one more thing. I just have to ask this for Daryl's sake, right? Because Daryl's in the Philippines, which is how many islands, Daryl? 700 plus. 700 plus. So... Maybe this is three years down the road for Outdoorsy's roadmap, but we need some kind of helicopter RV that can bring camping to the Philippines for Daryl. I don't know if so, Jennifer's the person for that task. Yeah. We well, already discussed how she's going she's gonna to rebuild the corporate RV fleet that's autonomous and has Rosie come out and clean it and fix things. Like, I'm promising things for you. I apologize, yeah. Jennifer. But... <laughs> Filling up the Let's... tap. Listen, Outdoorsy is a global marketplace. Right. So that we all are questioning what does global travel look like and how do we define it these days. But if you will find outdoorsy vehicles, so you'll find inventory on outdoorsy.com in I think it's 14 countries now. So you will you could find and book and rent a camper van in England. France, Germany, Australia, Canada, for sure. Thank goodness. This is actually a Drizzy who's technically did and founded in Canada. A story for another time, guys. But we are in many countries, and there's some really interesting, there's some pretty interesting statistics around the growing popularity of camper van or, or RV use in countries like China and Japan. Look, mobility is a big trend. And I think we'll find it's more exciting view on how we think about mobility and just RV travel versus what typically is described today in the U.S. We talk a lot about the art lifestyle, which usually denotes or means like retirees that move into an RV and now live in the RV full time or most full time. What we think of this definition of RV lifestyle and. When I'm trying to promote or what our company is trying to build is actually more of a one-off regular use. We're thinking about these vehicles and different ways, whether in living in the RV for three months of the year because you're doing a sabbatical 
whether you're thinking about a new way to work and live, i.e. you have a house, like you're going to maybe visiting customers or traveling in your region with, and your ability to have Wi-Fi and work remotely because your company is now allowing it is another use. Um, yeah. think more broadly outside of the core stereotypes allows us to think for use and travel in other countries as well. I've got best friends that still live in Perth and Melbourne. And I've got friends that live in England. And when I go over to visit them, why wouldn't I also consider a road trip to tour around New Zealand or to, cool. you know, go to the Cotswolds in England? Uh, we were just in New York on some business and my girlfriend was having her 50th birthday party. So we rented a, it was actually a, it was a conversion van. Next time we'll rent probably something a little bit nice, but <laughs> real hot in New York at summertime. Yeah. I, you know, like you go for a work trip and then you're like, hey, I'll just like pop down the road and I'll pick up a vehicle there because you know that these things are, are options. So I think the world is going to think about mobility differently and we will start to to tear down some of the stereotypes of the American RV lifestyle and road travel and picking up vehicles and in different yeah. Well, and that's the point. Like, this is the reason I bring up these things for conversation, not because they're realistic or because I'm actually serious about creating flying RVs in three years, but it prompts that discussion of there is a, a global growing audience. And we're seeing this year, modern campground right. where like Daryl can speak to, we have trouble finding camping and RV articles from Africa or South right. America, right. but there is like Mark Kep's got a Facebook group. Uh, he's a regular mm -hmm. guest on the show. Like we had somebody talk about their campground and ask questions in the group and in Argentina, right. Patagonia. And so this is growing everywhere. And so if we, like Jennifer said, if we can think outside the box, and of course this isn't helicopters and stuff like that, but imagine like an island <laughs> in the Philippines devoted to camping, like the whole island is a campground and maybe it's a fleet of outdoorsy rentals there that people get to by boat from all 699 other Philippine islands. Just think outside the box of ways you could bring this global camping experience to people. It's going to change so many lives. This requires awareness, right? Like it's amazing. We all think them sure. kind of know, but I always have to remind myself I wasn't into the RV lifestyle before starting this what? company. What, what drove my interest was how do I not spend the next 20 years of my life working under fluorescent lights and, and so I dug into it and we found our way. So whatever we can do, you know, I don't need to sound very self-promotional here, but I do think it provides a great service. So it's, Hey, you don't have to be into the lifestyle. You don't have to buy one and risk the 60 grand. You don't have to use it all the time. You could try it once and never use it again for a couple of years. There's lots of options, but check out the site, connect with an owner, give it a go. Even if it's a delivery for a weekend, awareness is key. Totally. And the other thing too, like Kara, I mean, from a campground our perspective, right? You're buying cabins. We talked about saving money buying cabins, but what if you just buy your own fleet of RVs and then put them all on outdoors? That's what I'm saying. That's the great business model, in my opinion. Put them all on outdoors. Yeah. I don't got to do any advertising. <laughs> yeah. I don't need a website okay. to, yeah. to sort through reservations and do all right that. Wait a minute. You still need a website. I'm a mar I'm the marketing guy over here. You still need no, a website with a booking engine built. I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, sorry. Outdoorsy really just would solve those fundamental kind of problems and, and streamline a lot of that stuff. There's no, it's the, the ability to step outside the box, I think is incredibly uh, uh, valuable and maybe wasn't available to us five or 10 years ago, but utilizing the tools that exist now, like outdoorsy, that's a no brainer to me. If I could buy some property and wanted to run another campground, I absolutely would consider it. Mm. Trust is the key. Just it's like you were saying, Brian, it's, there's a lot of new companies that are jumping into the game right now because of course, outdoor travel has been in its heyday and everybody is looking to these options because they're inexpensive, they're convenient, they're safe for social distancing. And yeah. so you got a lot of new players that are jumping into uh, the space, but there's also many things that can go wrong in terms of ID verification or checking and confirming for fraud or having the security to know that the company will back you in the case of fleeing or roadside assistance, et cetera. It is the, it's the DNA, the marketplace for us. That's why we like to refer to ourselves as the most trusted marketplace. And yeah, this conversation has been awesome in terms of reminding me of some of the good ships and the tracks that we have laid down. I think we've got the right vision and I'm excited by the future. Cool. Me too.
Yeah, so am I. All right, listen, I love you all, but I have to go to Jasper. And that's over already. So thank you, Jennifer. Really appreciate you joining us. Looking forward to continuing a conversation. Hopefully maybe we can have you on a future show, maybe update us on what Outdoors is doing, some of the progress of this stuff. Daryl, Kara, thank you as always for joining us. Just a reminder, we are, this video slash audio will be available as a podcast and all the major platforms shortly thereafter. I'm going to try to do it for you. Leave here, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all those kinds of places. You can watch it at mcfiresidechats.com or any of the Facebook pages that we have access to. So appreciate you guys. Thank you again. And we will see you next week doing what, Kara? Or we, uh, oh my gosh, you're putting me on. I tell you, send an email. I, I always do this at the end of every show. You should be well, while you're you thinking what? about that. I will ask people to follow Outdoorsy on Instagram because it's a great way to stay connected to good ideas for Russia. Right on, yeah, perfect. And, yeah, and let's connect Daryl and Jennifer too because I right. feel like modern campground could be a way to bridge maybe that gap between the industry too, Jennifer. We have some people who would work on that. All right. Take care, guys. We will see you later. Thanks for watching this episode of MC Fireside Chats, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. Have a suggestion for a future show or want to see your campground or company as part of an episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Join us next week for another episode. And don't miss the latest outdoor hospitality news and commentary from around the world at moderncampground.com.